Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show today. We are, oh, boy, I can't believe it's almost December. I'm stunned, but I'm looking outside. I live in Maine, and there is no snow, so I'm pretty thankful for that at this point. (laughs) Yesterday, we had a 50-degree day, and uh, I know my guest is is from the Massachusetts area. Um, Hello, hello. How are you today? Um, I'm going to destroy your name already, I think. You said Mal like pal, and I right Mal Swain. Perfect. Uh, I am did your I get pal, it? Okay. <laughs> I get so nervous with people's names. I don't want to mess it up. So Mal Swain is with me, everybody, and um, I'm so excited that she's here because um, we repeat what you said to me before we went on the air because you summed it up nicely, and that was just it was perfect. It's what everybody needs right now. Oh, I'm happy to. Uh, what I shared with uh, Elizabeth just before we started the show, I said, Elizabeth, I'm really a very uncomplicated woman. This is it in 30 seconds. I've made every mistake a woman could make. I battled addiction for 25 years along with depression. I've held, have had failed marriages. But yet I get up every time and come back. I am standing in my power. I am feeling great. And that's my mission when women get knocked down is to teach them how to get back up and be the best ever you. Oh, I just love it Um, because people need that right now. And I think people need it at various stages in their lives um, as we as we age and grow and change and you know everything is just something for everybody and I want to make sure that we point people right to your website um, which is Mal (laughs) I'm going to get that wrong I keep wanting to say Mal Mal com. let me spell that for you it's M-A-L-D-U-A-N-E coach C-O-A-C-H dot com beautiful website here Um, I signed up for um, a five-part video series that you do, um, and it's pretty amazing. Do you want to tell people about that? Because um, a lot of times when people are listening, they go to the websites as they're listening. It's really cool. Well, that that video series is is like the platform of what I teach. What I try to do, Elizabeth, is take complicated things and make them user-friendly, and I'm an avid student of so many spiritual teachers and thousands of books, but much of what has been put out there can be pretty wordy, pretty difficult to sort through. And I broke it down into five easy steps that will literally heal your heart, give you harmony and balance in your life. And the video series talks about those five steps, focus, acceptance, intention, thoughts, and helping others when we heal. Uh, We all have a component of service in us. So focus is really about taking our attention, that spotlight, off of what's outside of us that is giving us a major tune-up. It's usually somebody or something that in some way has pushed our buttons. To take your attention off of that, bring your attention in, into you. What can you do about what's happening in your life? Bring, bring all of that energy inward. Uh, and when you do that, then you start to open yourself up to options, on how you're going to deal with things. But as long as you're looking outside and focused on what's going on externally, you can never reclaim your power and you're not going to get the clarity that you look for. Acceptance is about loving ourselves. Anything we've ever done in this lifetime, and I've said I've made every mistake a woman could make, does not define who I am today, thank God. Uh, and women need to understand that. We've got to stop dragging these old stories around. We've got to let go of the old baggage and, 
and stay in the present moment. This is where we are. This is our power. And we have the ability to really rewrite some of these old scripts by getting in touch with our truth in those situations that have hurt us, hurt us the most deeply. And the third step is intention. Instead of living life, uh, you know, reacting uh, like a crazy uh, fool when something happens and when people push our buttons, instead learning how to respond, be very mindful of what we want to do. And, and to do that, it's simply just living with intentions. And intentions come from our soul. They're not a goal. Goals come from the head. They're like a written wish. An intention comes out of your soul. So it really holds your feet to the fire. A far better percentage of execution when you're working with intention. And thoughts, look at you and I both know there's been a lot written about the power of our thoughts. But I think your audience needs to understand that thoughts are energy, and energy creates a magnet. And so whatever you're thinking about over and over and over again, you are going to create that thought as a physical experience for yourself. And, and we need to understand that because, my God, we wonder sometimes, why do all these bad things happen to me? Maybe I'm creating them. And then H is for helping others. And once we're, we've really done our homework and we've healed ourselves and we're centered, we're balanced, we're in harmony, then we are in a position to go out and help others. We're casting a pebble in the pond mm-hmm. of awakening and helping others to reclaim their power and to step into their greatness And when we do this, when we serve others, we also empower ourselves at the same time. There is nothing more rewarding than being able to share what we know and to inspire others. And that's how I live my life. Yeah, it's a a great way to live your life for sure and a great way to teach other people to to live their lives too. Do you – what I'm thinking about is our listening audience right now, and we have a massive um, audience of guys that listen to. It's pretty 50-50 at this point. Got a, a lot of, um, yeah, I'm a mom of four boys, and um, they do sports and things like that. So we get coaches and um, athletes and high-level athletes and so forth that, that listen to our show. And I'm, I, I'm wondering, do, does this apply to guys as well? You know, the website's Absolutely. very pink Absolutely. and things like that. But I find guys listen um, to, to this stuff, too. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because um, Absolutely. we're in need of it right now. This practice is as applicable for men as it is for women. This is a practice of personal empowerment. It is not gender-based. And these five steps spell faith. F-A-I-T-H. And when these came to me, I was asking my divine guidance, why faith? What, what's with faith? And because I'm not a religious-based person, but I'm a very spiritual one. And, my, and they, what I got was that faith is an unwavering belief in ourselves. And this is what this practice creates, an unwavering belief in yourself. And I don't know a man that walks across the planet that can't use a little unwavering belief in themselves, especially in these times. Things have become very volatile. There's a lot of women stepping up and expressing themselves. And, you know, um, I think that men at this point need to also, you know, look deeply at themselves and get in touch with what they are doing in their lives that may not be serving them at their highest good. And I think it's all coming to the light. That's really well put. I'm leaving that one alone. We're going to keep going because that's just perfectly well put. Um, <laughs> you have a, you have an awesome book too. So we, we're, we're on your website, which is 
I'm going to do it again. MalDwayneCoach.com. You can just forgive me after. Just my little. No, I love it. You know, we all have flaws. I love that. I love that you're accepting of people's flaws because I was. Do you know how many people have? Yeah. You know? Do you know how many people have called me Mall? Mall? And I'm like, wow. When did I? There's no you. (laughs) No, I love it. I don't care. You could call me. You know, ditz. Hey, chicky. Whatever. I, I my ego is really just about gone these days so you you learn to give it up over time yeah 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 yeah. exactly um so uh, we've got people on your website and the other thing you see right at the top is uh your book um that's how i found you i love your book um alpha chick the five steps for moving from pain to power um yes that's a great book and it's award-winning and a bestseller and all that stuff. You want to talk about your book a little bit and you have more, I, I know you have more books than that, but that's the one I know the best. Well, that's, that is, um, I've, I've been in some, uh, anthologies that, you know, have been published by inspired living publishing, Linda Jord, that we talked about earlier a little bit. Hi, Linda. Uh, you and I, <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Linda. She, I mean, she's, she is bringing all these heart centered entrepreneurs, um, she's getting them to step up and, and really fulfill their missions, which is, is wonderful. But Alpha Trek has these five steps in it. So what happened was I shared my journey, which looks like um, kind of looks like a bump car game. You know, I mean, they're just like <laughs> things being just, you know, scattered and smashed and knocked over there and knocked over here. I mean, really, it was a train wreck of a ride. And I own that story 100%. Uh, You know, I I struggled with alcohol. I struggled with depression. And those two things caused me to feel that I was worthless. And that was my biggest pain was that constant feeling of not being good enough, not being good enough, not being lovable. And that's what really caused the most of the pain and the most of the destruction. So I share all that very open, very transparent about all my mistakes. But I'll tell you something, Elizabeth, those mistakes took me on a journey to where I am today. Those mistakes took me to places that were scary and places we don't like to go to, but it brought me to where I am today. And I realized that it had a purpose and it had very, very powerful lessons all along the way. And that's what's inspired the book. That's what has inspired me to serve women. That's what inspires me to continue to write and put things out there that will lift men and women up when they've been knocked down. I'm, I'm living proof. I have been hit on the head by the big cosmic two-by-four a half a dozen (laughs) times in this lifetime, and I get up every time, and when I do, I'm even stronger, even better. My light is even brighter today than it ever was before. I like that, the cosmic two-by-four. And I love, uh, you know, there's lessons here in vulnerability because um, you're allowing yourself in my opinion, anyway, you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable so people can understand, um, relate, heal, learn, change, grow, you know, all those, all those juicy words. Um, do you mind going one more level of vulnerability and just sharing a little bit of your story um, with us um, so that a listener can understand like some of the things that have happened to you? Um, yes, do you mind doing absolutely. that? Okay. I'm totally transparent and willing to share everything. So as a teenager, I was six feet tall. I weighed 5'11 and a half. I weighed 100 pounds, 103 pounds. I, made, I created a new definition for skinny. And so people used to call me malnutrition Aww. when I was a teenager. And that's what started to plant the seeds in my brain that, you know, I was different. Okay, I that's wasn't good enough. that makes me mad right there. Hang on, I just have to recover from that one because that makes me irritated. I knew what bullying was. Keep going, I gotta take a deep breath. Yeah, before everybody collectively identified. Really painful. (laughs) Oh, I can't even imagine. All right. And um, so that's when I started to drink because I thought the alcohol the alcohol was a band aid. That's what in my estimation, uh, 
when we drink too much or take pills, I think the addiction is really the, the pain that's underneath it all. The, the sense of not being worthy, of not being lovable is what drives the alcohol and the drugs. They're, they're Band-Aids for the wound. Mm-hmm. If you can get to the wound and figure out what the wound is, the alcohol, the drugs drop away, and that's what happened with me. I drank for 25 years, and at the age mm. of 41, I said, I don't have one more day left in me, not one. And I was getting ready to kill myself. I had the pills lined up. I had had a lot to drink, and I said, I think this combination ought to do it. I'll go quietly, peacefully. And then in the dark, in the middle of the night, just as I'm ready to do this, I hear, oh, no, dear child, you are not going now. You have many lessons to learn. And when you have mastered those lessons, you will need to go and help others. Elizabeth, Mm, I thought I was having a... Yeah, I thought I was having a massive breakdown. I said, oh, my God, I am now completely nuts. Well, I'll tell you, I stayed up all night waiting for the sunlight just to prove to myself that I was still here, still, still, you know, aware of what was happening. And that day I started going to AA meetings and that was the beginning of my recovery. That's 29 years ago. I'm now 70 years old. You are? I look younger today than I did when I was 41. Okay. I love that. Yes. Oh my God! I didn't know you were seventy years old. That's, that's I am I'm, I'm seventy years old, so, girl, you know, kicking ass. I just want to. I got my ARP card the other day in the mail. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm Forty oh, no, years old. I, I don't have an ARP card yet. <laughs> so I'm, awesome. So I got sober when I was forty-one. You that's know, awesome. already I've wasted twenty-five years of my life to to addiction, and then I got really intrigued about the power of personal transformation. How powerful are we as human beings? And, you know, maybe at first I was trading one addiction for another. I'm honest about that. But really, I jumped in with both feet into the self-help genre, and I just started to read everything I could get my hands on. And I got into meditation, which led me into spirituality. And I've studied every teacher and read thousands of books. And that has brought me to where I am today. I've learned so much. I have to share this knowledge with all of those who want it. The people that want the conversation, I am here. Pick my brain. I will tell you how to change your life in the snap of a finger. That's really neat. Yeah, I, I believe it. You've given me chills twice and the need to take a deep breath. So, yeah, <laughs> it's there. Uh, I love being on the phone with people who teach us things because there's always something to learn from somebody. If you really um, – I know I'm in a position of talking a little bit right now, but if you really listen to you and listen to some of your other interviews and read your website and so forth, if you go into listening mode with you – there's a lot to learn. There's a lot of improvements, tweaks. Um, if you think you're, you know, you got it all figured out, um, go to her, go to, go to Mal's website and uh, refine, because that's uh, that's another part of you that's on here too. You know, if, if you if you're in pretty good shape, you've got a refining component to you as well. Well, you know that. I'll tell you something. <laughs> Life is not difficult. We make it difficult by the way we think. And I'm the first to admit this, that my suffering by my own thinking, it's very sad. It took me a long time to figure that out. That's why I'm such a bugaboo about the way people think, because if I can get them out of their crazy heads and back into their hearts, man, they're going to nail this game of life. They're, going to, they're just going to skip their little asses right off this planet and, and, and go into <laughs> la-la land, you know, at yeah. the end, happy and fulfilled and complete. So let me, let me keep going. Okay, so let me share a story with, with you about, about me. So I, I had a, like a, a pretty bad experience at college where I dressed up like a nun. I tell my kids this. They're, they're all, they all know it. I dressed up like a nun and drank like one entire bottle of peach schnapps. And I couldn't remember like the next two or three days after. And after that, I figured, you know what? I am never going to drink again. And so at 48 years old, 
I can tell you on a hand fingers of like maybe a glass of wine here, a glass of wine there, but I figured that I would be um, the best addicted person ever if I ever picked up smoking, drinking, alcohol, you know, all that stuff. Um, so I've lived my life clean. Mm-hmm. Have you ever ran into anybody like me? Oh, yeah. I always think I'm so weird. <laughs> I do. No, not I at all. Worst trouble you know what? In sometimes. <laughs> do you know what? Your your divine self, your higher self, stepped right up and went, "Oh no, sweetheart, this doesn't work for you." Yes, and, no. and you learned that at a very early age. You made you 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 made a a mistake. You made a bad choice, and your higher self stepped right in and said, Mm-mm, "No, Elizabeth." This isn't good for you, honey. This could put you really on a bad path. We have a different plan for you. That's, been That's what happened, my dear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like made, what happened. Like, yeah, just completely different. But I, I remember it was a heck of a Halloween party. It was a lot of fun and everything. But I remember waking up on the couch going, I don't even know how I got here. And going, I'm never doing that again. Ever, 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 ever. Um, but I could have because I probably had a different experience than you. Now, on the, I'm five three on a big hair day and not the skinniest person ever. <laughs> so I would, I would have loved to be five eleven and 103 pounds. So we should have been buddies. Yes. <laughs> I could have told you right there. Um, so, you know, I, I've always just had a thing um, of like, I remember when I was Mrs. Maine, there was an entire blog online devoted to my size and have another cookie. So I've been bullied too. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is? that makes a choice for someone, I mean, this is a tough question and I've shared way too much about me. I never share all that stuff, but I'm going to, because I want to know what you think about, what do you think it is that makes a decision in the snap of an instant for somebody to bandaid with, with things? Where do you think we go to, to start doing that? Do you know, have you figured it out? Yeah. Yeah. It's pain. It's pain. We comfort ourselves with alcohol. We comfort ourselves with cookies. We comfort ourselves with TV. We comfort ourselves with porn or sex or shopping because it's a distraction from who we really are. And until we can look right in the mirror and say, hey, baby cakes, you got this. This is who you are. You are wonderful. Now live your life that way. Start to make some good choices. Start to take care of yourself. Start to honor this body, which is truly a temple, because you have a heart. That heart is a soul. It is a, it, it's such a powerful instrument in, in every imaginable way that you could, could, could ever think of. You need to take care of that. This body is a temple. Mm. Do you work out? But, yeah, yeah, I do. Seventy years old, I go to. I got to tell you my workout class. You're gonna love it. I went to Lifetime, and they almost killed me. The class was so intense. Here I am, you know, last summer, high kicks, doing bar, lifting weights, doing this, doing that, with women that are forty, you know, like mega strength. I would come out of there and practically, you know, be comatose. I'd need to go take a nap in my car. So now I work out with a group of women that are all seniors, and they are so fabulous. We, we have disco music going. We're pumping iron, but it's two-pound, three-pound, five-pound weights. It, I love it. I love my class. I love the ladies in my class. Some of them are older than me, and they do a better job. I've been in one of those classes. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm the Wonderful. one who's 40. <laughs> it's amazing. Times have changed, haven't they? I'll tell you, girl, I take impeccable care of myself. Now, where I didn't for 40 years of my life, that I made a promise that the next 50 or 60, because I'm planning on living to be 100, um, would be good. Yep. That Sorry I, about so that. I take impeccable <laughs> care. I, I eat healthy. I drink green juice at lunchtime. I had my green juice before doing showtime with you. I exercise, I go to bed early, I'm very conscious of the food that I eat, I take vitamins every day. If you saw what I took, that's why I look good for my age. Honest to God, it's my routine of vitamins that I take every day and, and um, you know, the nourishment. 
And I don't do sun. I stay out of the sun. I'm an absolute bugaboo about people just, you know, baking to a crisp in the sun. I've had skin cancer. It's not fun. I I haven't been in the sun in 30 years. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. I, I, um, I'm a creature of sun just through the boys and sports and things like that. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't do all the, the, I love to swim. That's my Mm -hmm. favorite thing. We have a pool and I just absolutely love to swim. So that's so, that's amazing to hear. That that just makes me just happy to hear all that. Um, if somebody wants to work with you, what where mm-hmm. should they go? What where can somebody sign they up for can coaching? Go right and to like my that. website. There's a contact button there. You know, I'm not hard to find. There aren't that many mouths out there. <laughs> number one. <laughs> and if you Google me, you're gonna find me. And I'm I'm very quick to respond. Uh, and so, my website probably the best place. But if for some reason you forget that, and you just Google Mal Mal Duane, you'll find me on you know. It, social media, whatever, but um, it would be an honor to help anybody that's listening. And this is a tough time of year, by the way. I call this hurricane season. Uh, It's not the holidays. It's really hurricane season because this is the time of year that all your buttons get pushed between, you know, family parties and office functions and somebody drinks too much and does something that's really insulting and bizarre. Uh, It's a time of year that can really raise you know, the level of the emotions significantly. And for me, when I was drinking, it was like, you know, you talk about waking up and not remembering where you were. Well, that's what holidays were for me. I mean, I'd go and, you know, blackout city. I just would wake up and say, wow, I wonder what happened. Mm, not oh, a good no. feeling. Not a no. good feeling. Yeah. No. Scary. Yeah. Um, hurricane season. That's a, it's, it's kind of like an affectionately cute term for it though, in a way it's, it doesn't have, I, when I, when I hear you say that, I don't hear like any kind of, um, like a negative tone in your voice at all. You're, you're just sort of like, it's hurricane season. Everybody watch out. You know, yeah, prepare. No, look at, <laughs> I know. I mean, I went through some incredibly bad holidays. So, uh, and it can happen. It's it's a tough time of year for people. We have a question. Somebody just tweeted mm-hmm. me a question for you. Um, they want to know if, as you as you're healing and so forth, what do you do if you start to feel mad at yourself or or um, that you've done all the stuff that you did before? How do you forgive yourself? Okay. Yep. Good question. Well, forgiveness, and it's really funny. Forgiveness is a process. It's not something that you snap your fingers at and it's going to happen immediately. For instance, today I was working on forgiveness again about something. Something came up and I said, well, this needs some additional work here. It's when we forgive, we're cutting the cords, the energetic cords between ourselves and an experience between ourselves and another person. And forgiveness really starts with us. That's the big one. Uh, and people who have made bad choices, made mistakes like I have, I had to really dig deep on um, learning to forgive myself. And, and what I did was I love meditation and I love journaling as a way of kind of getting under the hood to see what's really going on. Um, and, and if you can implement those two things, you can uncover a tremendous amount of stuff that you didn't know about yourself, and you uncover it in a way that is not judgmental. I don't judge myself any longer about anything. Actually, I laugh most of the time. I'm like, holy crap, can you believe I did that? You know, <laughs> and, and I can have a good <laughs> laugh about it. That's because I have forgiven myself. And I have forgiven the people in my life that have hurt me the most. Um, I'll give you a prime example, my ex-husband. I was in California with him last week and with my stepchildren and my grandchildren. I had a wonderful time. And people were like, gee, how can you do that? I said, 
look at my relationship with my stepchildren and grandchildren much more important to me than something that was painful that happened. And I am completely at peace with him, even though he broke my heart. You know, unthinkable betrayal. I was able to show up, stand in my power, have a boundary that was just beautiful and loving. I was there as a light. Uh, no sizzle. We can do it. But it, 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 you have to forgive yourself first. I love that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm divorced once um, for 20 years now or so. And um, we do that kind of stuff too. We, um, and we get together as a, as a giant family. We do graduation mm-hmm. together. We do a big graduation dinner together. We do mm-hmm. all those things. It's, it's happier than fighting. Oh, there's nothing to be gained by anger and resentment. You know, when, when we stay mad at people or we won't forgive them, you know, and I'm sure you've heard this statement before, it's like, uh, you know, wishing that the other person would drink poison, but you're the one that suffers and dies. Yeah. It, it comes back on us. So why do that to ourselves? Well, we can free yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, Mm-mm. no, it's way, way happier. So I saw somebody else today in Facebook post a picture. Um, it's, a, it's a gal got divorced probably about seven or eight years ago, and she posted a picture of her ex-husband and their child at, at, the, at a younger age. And she said kind of the same thing, like, I don't normally post pictures of my ex-husband, but this is such a cute picture of them both, and da-da-da-da-da-da. And you could feel the forgiveness for whatever had happened. I don't have all the details or anything like that, but, you know, that I think that's powerful. People can do oh, things like that. So freeing. I've done a lot of work. You know, let's face it, our mess is really our message. Uh, as I go through challenges in life, that's what I teach or, or try to deliver a message of empowerment to women. Hey, I've been through that. I know what that's like. This is what you can do to get your life back. And so many of the women that I spoke to over the summer, I was doing some research Many of them were still caught in awful anger, awful pain about their their marriages and getting divorced. They they literally stopped li- living. I mean, they're just buried in this pain of the past. It's heartbreaking, heartbreaking to see that happen. These women could have a whole other life going on now. They could even maybe have another love experience you know, with the, in, in their lifetimes, if they would just open themselves up to healing. Yeah. And this it's, applies uh, to men too. I, um, on that note, I went to your blog and I, I was kind of just, I like your blog a lot. I love this one, how to shut down the inner struggle that applies kind of to what you were just talking about. Doesn't it? Um, yes. Do you remember that blog about like the two conversations going on in your head? Oh, oh my God. Oh, uh, yes, very much so. So I have always talked about the fact that I have two voices in my head, but I'm not the only one that has two voices in my head. We all do. One is called love. The other one's called fear. I happen to call one Mal and the other one Louise. Louise is fear and hate and anger. And I even have a little puppet sometimes if I shoot a live video. I'll put this puppet on my hand and I'll say, meet Louise. Uh, And so what happens is that we have this constant dialogue. And when you're hearing a voice that's negative, that's condemning, that is judgmental, that is your ego. That is your fear. Um, And the ego, really, it's all about survival, keeping you, you know, kind of intact, in one place, safe. Doesn't want you to grow. Doesn't want you to expand. Um doesn't want you to become conscious or wake up. Oh, my God. Because then you'll recognize that that ugly little voice has really no no meaning, no bearing. And the other voice is that, that wonderful, loving, nurturing person who you truly are. It's the person who came to this planet as a beautiful new baby, untouched by anything. You came here, you were perfect, you were a clean slate, and then you met your parents. 
<laughs> now, not that your parents weren't good people. That's not what I'm saying. Your parents That's had their awesome. own stories, their own perceptions, their own beliefs. <laughs> and guess what? You took every single one of those things that they told you or said or taught you, and you made it your truth, whether it was or wasn't. That's what I mean when you say you meet your parents. <laughs> do you know what we did here? We're like, you know, this is us. This is what we do, you know, whatever. When you get to be about whatever age it is, pick what you like and change what you didn't. <laughs> you know, exactly. we're like, whatever. Yeah. We're good with that because we're so yeah. – uh, we, we, we raise them like we are not perfect <laughs> by any stretch. And, you know, oh, we yeah. – Totally raised the four kids. You know, there's one still in high school. He's we call him stuck with us because he's here alone while the other ones are in college or have their own jobs and all that stuff. But um, you know, and you know, they four boys will challenge challenge you. They they will tell you what they think. And sometimes oh. I like what they think better than me, and I'm not afraid to mm-hmm. say that. I'm like, there's there's one of them. I I I learned well. I, all of them have taught me various things that various points but one of them is a is a college athlete and I swear I learned something from that kid every week he fascinates me with his goal structure and values and leadership and things like that I'm like I don't know are you are you reading this or where do you get it he's like no I just think it I'm like okay (laughs) you know beautiful wonderful yeah isn't that cool yeah, but you know, it's we take on so much from other people when we're, we were little, and then you know you meet Johnny next door, and Johnny next door when you're little calls you a bad name, and then you take that on and that part of your identity. So you take on all this crap, and it covers over the beautiful lenses in which you look at life. So really, growing up, it's for me, it's all about wiping the crap off the lenses and reclaiming who we truly are. We're yeah. we're good. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, my oldest one, he's like, you know, I hate college. I'm like, okay. It's like, well, you guys both went to college. I'm like, well, I don't care if you go to college or not. I thought maybe you might want to do that. But if you don't, that's cool. He's like, no, I absolutely hate it. In fact, he hated it so much. The last semester of college he went up there and and faked like he was going to classes and never went he's like and then he broke down he's like I hate school I'm not finishing I am gonna go get a job and um, he he got it like a job and an apartment and um, bought a car and all this cool stuff and and he's like I'll be okay it's just a different path from you guys and we're like we respect it not isn't that everybody is meant to go to college I dropped out of college I was sitting there, and I was looking around. First of all, I came from a girls' private school. All of a sudden, I'm in a a huge classroom, you know, men and women, and I was lost. And it really wasn't the way that I learned best. Uh, I had no trouble becoming an entrepreneur. I've had no trouble being successful in life. Uh, Success has been really relatively easy for me once I figured out, you know, uh, I, I was well. I should let me back up. I was a high-performing alcoholic, so mm-hmm. I was very good at hiding that I was a drunk by being successful. But I had to really work at that success. Then, once I got sober, I really figured out how you could be successful without, like, you know. I mean, everything takes planning and action, but rather than this constant push and force. So uh, if college doesn't fit, don't force it. Yeah, I like that. Sometimes we get college kids listening to this show, and I kind of, I kind of hope there are college kids listening to the show because you, you know, we've talked about a lot of the things um, from alcohol to, you know, just about everything from you know dropping out of college at this point, you know, kind of thing. And there's a there's a lot to learn here. Um, I do you want to talk about peer pressure? One thing I want to add to that conversation. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Elizabeth. It's okay to drop out of college, but you can never stop learning. Now, I want to clarify that. I dropped out of college, but I never stopped learning. I probably have read more books and taken more courses than most people that have a PhD. I I, I just jumped in and learned the things that I wanted to learn that were truly important to me. 
Yeah, he he's taught himself all about money, um, ah. finance, and everything. He's mm-hmm. uh, the oldest one is all about um, learning about saving and investing. Um, fascinating to mm. to go through his process with him a little bit. He asks a lot of questions, and um, um, my husband's a federal securities attorney, so he can bend his ear a little bit too. And I've kind of got a financial background, but you know, without with he just didn't want to sit there in those classes and and learn that way and he's he's learning a different way and it's very interesting to me and that's <laughs> fabulous but life is about learning we can't stop learning yeah. you do that then you know the game is over yeah um i want to go back to your blog for a second if we can mm-hmm. because um it's easy to sit here on the radio and stuff and say yes you have to learn to forgive yourself and yes you need to do this and that and another thing and, and your life will be better where can you describe the how and all of that like some things that people can do to put things in place, mm-hmm. like action. The first thing you need to do is be able to face your fear. You need to stare. You need to stare fear right in the face. You can't sweep it under a carpet. You can't drink it away. And I had to really face my fears. And a lot of my fear uh, when I stopped drinking was, oh my god. All the stupid things I've done, all the bad choices I've made, the things that I've said to people or whatever. Um, and I, but I faced it all. And when you face fear, it starts to dissipate. That hook in your hide starts to soften. It no longer has the control that it once had. And the more I was able to stare down my fear, and as I said before, I did that with meditation and journaling and, of course, you know, uh, professional help or support groups. I, I used a lot of tools when I first started this journey. And, of course, dealing with my alcoholism was very important uh, in, you know, opening up that pathway for me. But shortly, you know, 90 days, 120 days out from being sober, I realized it wasn't my drinking that was my problem. It was my thinking. So that's what took me on the quest of really understanding how we think and how we beat ourselves up. So by really facing fear and understanding that fear doesn't exist, we manufacture it. Fear is strictly a response to something. It doesn't really exist. We make it. We create it. It's another component of our mind, of uh, our thinking. And if you can understand that it doesn't really exist, it's only my reaction to something. Wow, that's a game changer. Yeah. Um, Do you see... Do you see people now who think they've got it all together, but you know that they're um, high-functioning alcoholics? I see people every day who are high-functioning something or others. <laughs> yeah. Isn't yeah. it? Isn't yeah. it? A lot of people you, out there who think they got their act together, and, uh, well, I think we're seeing a lot of it in the news lately, too. You know, I mean, yeah. there are people who think they are so cool and that, you know, They got it all together, and guess what? They don't. Sometimes success can be an incredibly good mask. I used it myself in my own life. Being successful, but I was a high-performing drunk. It can be an incredibly good mask. That, that, That arrogance, arrogance to me, as soon as I meet somebody that's over, over, overly arrogant, I know that underneath that arrogance, they are absolutely wounded, that they are are going above and beyond to hide something. And I start looking for what's the wound, where is the insecurity. And I'll tell you, after about an hour of conversation, I can always nail it. I can find it. Yeah, isn't it true? Especially when you're you're clean. Do you know what I I mean? When when you're... when you're sort of, I call it like a clean soul, you can spot the, the ones that are hurting. Um, mm-hmm. It's 
it's an interesting thing. But yeah, I say that a lot too. I'm like, oh, the the arrogance is palpable. That's what I always mm-hmm. say. Yeah, I can. It's like, oh my gosh. And um, I always they've just just explained that really well because I always wonder sort of like I'm like where why are they like where does it come from <laughs> you know um, and sometimes you sometimes you need a tad of it to be to be successful but for the most part you don't I don't think I'm I'm finding when I meet somebody who's sometimes when you meet somebody have you ever met somebody who's like super famous or you know super successful or whatever they are and they're just flat out the most humble cool Tom Hanks ish like person ever yes yeah that's what i love <laughs> i yeah. just absolutely love I that love like real people to me that is charisma someone that isn't caught up uh with an image yeah. but they're they're more caught up with oh what can i do for you yep, yep. And i'll give hey, you a prime um, example i was at the miami book show a few years ago and the gentleman um Michael Glazer was there from Starsky and Hutch. He was winning an award for a children's book. He was the most down-to-earth dude you would ever want to talk to. Now, he's a pretty big actor. He was on Ray Donovan mm-hmm. and that series and stuff. I mean the most down-to-earth guy. He was so. I shared a cab with him. We went over to the book fair, and we just sort of, you know, chat and blah, blah, blah. I Just... A, a wonderful human being, and he's just a small example of, of I've met many famous people in my life. Some of them have been real asses, and others have been <laughs> absolute joys. You know, I modeled in New York for years as a young woman, so I was exposed to a lot of professional athletes Sorry. and entertainers and this thing and that. Well, i got to tell you, um, some of them, you know, just leave you Ugh. cold. Yeah, that's it exactly. So I I was at uh, I was at an award show in New York City. I wasn't receiving an award. I just I went there to see what it was all about. And I, I went into the bathroom, and I'm not going to name a name of who was in there, but I was like, wow, that is not, you know just a it's like a draft, a cold, freezy breeze yeah. <laughs> in the uh-huh. in the. I'm like, oh wow. And then there was another gal there who was um, uh, just a complete breath of like sunshine, Marissa Hargitay. Oh my uh-huh. God. I just, I just like still to this day, I'm like, can you just come and hug me? I just love you. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. The nicest lady you'll ever meet in your life. And you want to know um, something interesting about oh. this whole thing? The people that have had pain, loss, challenge in their lives, who go on to create very famous personalities mm-hmm. are more real than the ones that haven't been challenged. Marisa Hargitay, her mother was Jane Mansfield. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, her mother really? was killed in a horrific car accident. Oh, yeah. Accident. Yeah, yeah I, terrible. I don't know that. That was her mother. Yeah, Jane Mansfield. So oh, she experienced wow. loss at a very young age. A, a oh. lot of these people that, um, y- you know, who were in the public eye, you get, look at Oprah. Look what she's been through. Yeah. She's you know, fascinating to me. In her life. Yeah. Uh, she was there and um, it was so funny. Um, she walked right by me and I, t- I touched her arm and she uh-huh. put her hand over my, she put her hand, she took the time. I mean, this is a very busy woman. She received, I think she was, either, no, I think she was giving the award. She was either receiving or giving the award, uh, but her and uh, Gail were there. And uh-huh. um, I can't remember. And um, she walked within less than a foot of me. I mean, like bump, like bump elbows with Oprah kind of, that's how I say it. It's funny at this point, but I touched her arm and she took the time to stop and put her hand over mine and say, hello. Now that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I I watched her and it's, that's her. She's so cool. Mm -hmm. She must get exhausted meeting all the people that want to meet her and everything. But that I love, I love her vibe. She's got like Mm -hmm. a, Oh yeah, yeah, very very cool person. She's neat. So yeah, I I always say I you I, yeah, don't love go her. to that level in life and in business if you don't have really solid values and respect yeah. for others. You just don't. It doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's just neat. I just really you gotta have some really good inner stuff going on. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I wondered why you were so proud of that picture of Michael. Now I know. 
I was going to ask mm-hmm. you, I'm like, you know, you're really proud of that picture. Cause I, I, yeah. when I did the show, I kind of put it in like sideways by mistake and you're like, no, you got to fix that picture. I'm like, Oh yeah, you're darn right. I do. And um, I did, I didn't know who it was. And you told me, I'm like, Oh, he's awesome. Like I grew up loving him. He's a great, yeah. he's great. Yeah. I know we're off day. like just chatting at this point. <laughs> Sorry. It was a great day in my life. I was getting an award for a book that I had written and self-published um, because Hay House said I didn't have a big enough platform. I know that you're a Hay House published author. And um, I didn't have a big enough platform. I said, that's okay. I'll do it myself. I won five awards, did great with it. And to be there with someone like that, and I'm like hanging out with him and we're taking a cab over to the book fair. It was like, wow, you know, life is good. So it was just kind of a fun picture. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I love hearing that. Um, okay, can we learn one more thing? I don't want to keep you on and on and on, but I kind of do because I, I love to learn, and I love that when Pick my I brain, can feel... girl. Pick my brain. <laughs> can I hear? Like you... Well, I love it because um, if I'm asking the questions, I know a million other people are too, um, and we all learn together. And I, I always think when people really share, um, and you're open to sharing, that you heal. I really do. I think this show will touch a life somewhere um, and somebody will call you and say, okay, I I need you desperately. And um, there's, I just think it works that way. Um, Can you teach us about Oracle cards? Because you've written here, I'm still on this blog. I love this one. I love all your blogs, but I, I just, I always go back to this one. I know for some reason I turn to this blog a lot. I, I, I print it out and it's on my, on my desk and I, that's why I wanted to mention it. It's inner struggle because I just really don't know of anybody who doesn't have that inner critic. I mean, I do, I, I have to remind myself to not beat myself up, you know, Oh, wrinkle. Oh, fat butt. Oh, whatever it is, you know, on any given day, mm-hmm. I can really do a number on myself and I really have to have a con. That's my just thing. I really have to have a, a, a reminder. And so what are Oracle cards going to do for us? Why are they fabulous? Um, Oh, I think they're fun. You know, I think it's like the universe talking to us. I have about maybe six or eight different decks that I love. And I I move, you know, I shuffle them around according to just energetically where I'm at. But my all-time favorite is Kuan Yin. Uh, And that's, yeah, she's, it's done by Fairchild. She does a lot of the decks. But you know what? It's it's really like the divine talking to us or the universe delivering a message. But when sometimes just laying that deck out and pulling a card and then getting that beautiful message. And lots of times it just sets the tone for the day. Uh, I got one this fall that absolutely confirmed that it was time for, for me to write another book. And I have been procrastinating about doing that. And I got this card, and it was an absolute confirmation that it was time. So on December 6th, I will start writing my next book. I have a meeting with my editor. We'll start to flush out the outline, the topic, where I want to go with it, what's the purpose, and we'll see, we'll see where it takes me. And it may take me a year. It may I don't know how long it's going to take me. Last time it took me about two and a half years to write my first book, and then another year and a half to the editing and and uh, cover and all of that. So we'll we'll see what happens. But oracle cards are really a fun way of just getting a nudge, a little nudge, and it could be that your soul is speaking to you. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. That does. That, they're just sort of fun too, aren't they? Is it? Is yeah. it? Um, is it like a? Um, what I want to say, like your horoscope a little bit, or no, 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 not like that. Um, I'm not real very versed in oracle well, cards at all. Your horoscope. I. Um, I. Your horoscope is really based on when you were born and where the position of the planets and the moon and the sun and everything else was the day you were born, where I think with oracle cards, it's the energy of the moment that is going to surface that will serve your highest and best self. Hmm. It's, it's the universe talking to you, 
giving you a little nudge, telling you to pay attention. Got it. I'm glad you're writing another book. I'm excited about that. I know that process. That is a yeah. it's <laughs> that is a uh, it's a doozy. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know what else to call. I call it a doozy. I remember uh-huh. with my book, I was like, so, um, I sub- I submitted my book, and I'm like, okay, this is you know this is done, you know, kind of thing. Check, you know, kind of. I'm like that, and uh, they were like, oh no 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 no, this whole thing has to be restructured. I'm like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> really? It's got to be mm-hmm. restructured. Uh, uh, okay. And so I, I distinctly remember there, a moment where I went through my second rewrite of my book. And I uh, I am very much a creature of printing out stuff and getting even getting crayons involved if need be. And I was sitting here on in my office with the whole, I don't know how many pages of that book printed out with pages all over the floor, <laughs> crying, <laughs> crying, like in full-blown cry mode. My husband's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I can't do this. And he's like, uh, uh, what'd you just say? You know, kind of thing. And he sat with me on the floor here and, and helped me kind of restructure the book into like the way I, the what, what was kind of, I couldn't like put two and two together, like with what was in my head versus the way it was. It's a really difficult process to restructure things. And, um, yeah, that I almost had a give up moment <laughs> with, with books. And I share that because books are really difficult to write. Sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. But you know what? Got to do it. If you've got a story in you, if you've got a message in you, if you've got a, something you want to share, you got to do it. You can't take it with you. You cannot leave this planet with that inside you. And that's what I tell people who say, oh, I've been thinking about doing it for years, but no buts. Sit down and do it. Because let me yep. tell you, if I can do it, and when I was in the third grade, I had to take a special remedial reading class because I was having trouble reading uh and retaining and spelling and writing, all of a sudden it was just becoming all mumble-jumble to me. Um, and I wrote a book now. Hello? So if I can exactly. do it, you know, anybody can do it. That, that's my philosophy. And now mm-hmm. I'm gearing up to do number two. I mean, I'll probably pull the hair off the top of my head by the time I'm done. But I'm willing to do <laughs> yeah. it. I'm willing to try. Yeah. I'm actually so thankful for that moment because it, it – uh, it wasn't the easy way out to just, I think the giving up would have been a harder way out because I would have been so disappointed in myself. Yes, the disappointment that you didn't do it. Yep, I really would have been pissed, I've, <laughs> I've got to tell you, because I look yeah. at the book now and I look at it and I'm like, you know, because I, I wanted to write something that I would actually buy. Like I'd go and I was like, if I would not buy this, it's crap. You know what I mean? Kind of thing to me. I'm like, I cannot write crap. I have to write something I would go into a bookstore and actually purchase or it's not worth doing this. I just, I don't want to put crap out. And um, I've edited that book to the point where there's only still, there's one word I would change. Um, and that's it. That looking back at it now, I'm like, nope, I it's done. I I edited that book and reread it and reread it and reread it, and I and in print now there's like one word I would change, and even then I don't think I would change it. So it's 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 a process, but it the the um you you um I don't want to use the word self confidence. That's not quite the right because that goes back to like I don't want to be it, no there's no arrogance involved whatsoever, but it it but there's a I don't know. It just made me not disappointed in myself. I guess the best word, I the best way I can describe it. Oh, and I know exactly what you're saying. And I think anyone who's written a book gets exactly what you're saying. That there's a certain sense of personal accomplishment that is undeniable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but um, and then to, to to take it forward, like you're saying with with books, I think um, uh, let's see if I can articulate this right. I may struggle here. I know we're kind of running out of time and everything, but to actually put something out there that you genuinely feel will ch- could help change a life, even if it's yes. just one. I'm to the point where yeah. I like I don't uh, just one, you know, kind of thing, mm-hmm. and um, makes me so happy when somebody. 
writes in and doesn't say, oh, it's a great book, la, 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 you know, kind of thing. But they say, you know, because I read that one one sentence on page 15 or whatever, I'm not doing this anymore or I'm doing this or I picked that up or, you know, a change. That's what I love. It makes all the hard work worthwhile. When yeah. I get an email, Elizabeth, from a woman who says, I read your book. It changed my life. I thought I was the only one that felt that way. Yeah. And now to meet somebody else that also has felt that way. I don't feel alone anymore. That did it. You know, all the hours, yeah. all the work, it was all worth it just to be able to touch somebody that deeply. Yeah. Well, you touched me deeply today and I I I am I am profoundly inspired by you and your message and the way you um, share and talk and, and everything. I just, I love it. You would be, you'd be so much fun to have as a mom. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> I have a great time a with my stepchildren. I'll tell you. Oh yeah. Oh, that, I, I'm too old for you to be my mom, but oh my God, <laughs> it would be so much fun. So, so we're uh, going to be good friends. Oh, and I um, hope so. Oh yeah. Let, can we, okay, before we go, can you give a can you tell me about Linda Joy because she's a really special person and she's another one. When I was I've been doing this for a while and um, but I don't know her very well. I've tried to do things over the years um, and we've done a few things here and there where I could. But you know I'd love her magazine and all everything that she does. Do you want to tell? Let's give some kudos to her because she that woman works so hard. You can see it. Linda is one of the most giving human beings out on this platform of inspired publishing and living uh, that I've ever met. We connected when my book first came out. She loved my message, and she kind of held my hand as I started to walk this journey of being a published author and, and being out there in social media. She... Um, has created a community of women that really are committed to serve others. And they're coaches, they're authors, uh, they're holistic healers and nutritional experts. And she has all these women that she supports. And what she really does is has a media platform that is casting the attention and the light on her clients, these these coaches and teachers mm-hmm. and messengers and writers, it's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, amazing no, she, soul, I, amazing soul. I I'm honored to call her a friend. Yeah, I I still don't know her very well. I've um, but I um, I remember when Percolate came out, she put it on the top ten inspiring books and did you know she's she's given me more than I've given her at this point, and I owe, I owe, I always feel like I owe her. <laughs> A little bit, just like because I didn't know who she, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you put a book out and you're kind of new to a world and all this stuff, and you're like I don't know who that is or that is or that is, and you're trying to sort through who everybody is. Mm-hmm. And um, I've I've come back to to her over the past couple of years, and I I love her magazine and love yes. I just I love everything that yeah. she does. So it's it's really neat. I to write be, for her magazine. I put you know I write for articles for her. So you should reach out to her because it's a lovely platform. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the okay, so we have to go. I'm going on and on, and I just want to keep you on the phone because I love all you that you're talking about. But I, I need to let you go now. I think <laughs> it's kind of oh. fun we could we could talk for hours. I think. Um, and there's I'll so much back to learn. I'll come anytime you want me, girl. Could, so don't could worry. Could you do that? Yeah, anytime. that would absolutely that would be lovely. I'd be happy to. Okay. I'd be an honor. Okay, good. Are you kidding? Yeah, this it, is like this is like for me play. I'm playing in a sandbox with a dear friend. <laughs> exactly. That's that's I I love that and and we play um, nice in the sandbox. I'm not throwing sand. It's awesome. Right. Um, <laughs> this is funny. I, um, that's so cute. The um, okay. So I'm gonna let you go, but please come back. Um, even if you're a regular guest, because there's so much to learn from you. And I and if you're listening to if you're still listening to me and, and Mel on on the show here, go to her website. Um and even I don't know start by registering for her five-part video series um, or read the blog or grab her book or whatever I'm going to do a I'm going to do a whole big blog um, about um, 
about you on my website, if oh. you don't mind, and link no, up everything and make sure people are here. Okay, thank cool. you. All right, everybody. Bless you, thank girl. you. Oh my gosh. Bless you too. And thank you so much for listening to the best ever you show and um, listening to the powerful messages we've had here today. And I'm going to, I'm going to spell your website one more time. Um, M A L D U A N E C O A C H.com. I always do that in case people um, get the spellings wrong or anything like that, but it's, it's been an honor to have you with us for an hour and some now. And I thank you for being here. And thank you for um, sharing everything. Really appreciate it. It's been inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. All right. right. Take care, everybody. Um, Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back on December 8th. I'm going to go to Minnesota for a week and visit my parents and family. I'm excited to see everybody. My dad's a stroke survivor, so we'll um, hang out with my dad and all that good stuff. And then we'll be back on December 8th, which is our Financially Fit Fridays, and we have Susan Bruno coming back um, to talk with us about DivaCFO.com. So we did her other website, CollegeCFO.com, and we talked about all the things you can talk to your college kids about money and all that stuff. And this one's going to be DivaCFO.com, which is, um, she has three Ds. They're they're all sorts of things that women need to know about their finances. And so it should be a great show. I'm really looking forward to having Susan Bruno on. Um, And um, thank you for being with us. Appreciate it. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.